Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already, and do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find this show as well. Today, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome onto the show Elisa Moscolin of SAGE. She is the Executive Vice President of Sustainability and the SAGE Foundation. And today, we're going to be focusing on accounting for carbon footprint and reporting accordingly. They work with small and medium-sized businesses to help those companies tackle some of the challenges they have when they want to figure out where to start when they're trying to account for their carbon footprint, where they're trying to report, and they're trying to communicate that. So without further ado, Elisa, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you. It's great to uh, see you. It's great that you're joining us on the show today. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about SAGE. You're the uh, Executive Vice President for Sustainability and also for the Foundation. SAGE is a household name, certainly here in the UK, but in many other parts of the world as well, in terms of accounting software. Uh, we've had one of your colleagues on the show a few years back, so it's great to have someone from SAGE back on the show. And I guess we could start by finding out a little bit about SAGE itself. What's it all about? First of all, thank you very much for having me. And yes, so Sage is a FTSE 100 company uh, and we are uh, we serve small, medium businesses with accounting, payroll and payment systems. So we're all about small, medium businesses uh, and we are here to knock down barriers so that they can thrive. And you're, you're doing the sustainability and leading the foundation. Why sustainability? Why a foundation? Because we fundamentally believe that uh, um, a sustainable business is a business that's fit for the future. And the foundation is also a very core element to it because it's very hard for any business, big or small, to succeed if the communities within which it operates fail. Try and do business uh, in a conflict area try and do business uh, in an area where there are extreme weather events. It's very hard to do good business. So running our business sustainably for the long term is the right thing to do, put simply, but it all it is also the smart thing to do. Now, there are many facets to the sort of global sustainability agenda. And I know on, on, on your side, there's more than one thing you, you look at, but I, I certainly remember reading in your reports that the, the carbon footprint side of things, that net zero, that's a big focus of, uh, of, of your work. Yes, it is. So I would start by saying that our sustainability strategy is almost has two sides of the same coin. One is how can we as sage, deliver on net zero, behave responsibly. The other side of the coin is how can we enable SMBs to do the same? And we do believe we have a big role to play as a tech company, as an employer, to support SMBs on their own journey. So it's it's always a, this double lens, if you want. And our sustainability strategy then has three main priorities or pillars. One is protecting the planet, which is all about climate. And I'll come back to that because you're right. It is one of our priority areas. 
Um, the other one is using technology for good, which is all about building digital trust, uh, using AI and uh, data ethically. Uh, and then human by design, which is about our role as an employer. So fostering diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, well-being and so on and so forth. But let me come back to protect the planet because you're right. We have a particular focus on climate and our climate strategy has three sub pillars. One is getting sage to net zero, which is about us walking the talk. And we've committed to deliver 50% reductions by 2030 and achieving net zero by 2040 on all our scopes emissions, which is quite ambitious and does sometimes keep me up at night, but it's the right ambitions to have. And it's all, of course, aligned to science-based targets. But as I said before, that's just one side of the coin. The other side is, and the other sub pillar is supporting small and medium businesses to get to net zero. And like one of the things that I'd really like to, to kind of focus on and, and say here with you today is that we keep forgetting that small medium businesses are essential for us to achieve net zero. And yet they face disproportionate barriers to even start their journey. So on this sub pillar of priorities, we have acquired a company called Spherix, which is now being rebranded as Sage Earth, which is a carbon accounting software solution, which integrates uh, with financial accounting systems and enables more medium businesses to get a very automated and easy to access first carbon footprint, which we hope will enable them to take action. The third and last priority under our climate strategy is creating a, a positive and supportive policy and advocacy environment for small medium businesses, because they tell us that it's really hard for them to navigate the policy, the incentives to get uh, uh, to get the capital. It's, it's disproportionately hard for them. So we want to be uh, their voice and bring their voice around the table where decisions are made. Everybody's coming out with their net zero targets. Everybody's coming up with ambitious uh, targets as well, achieving ambitious targets and and having a bit of a roadmap on that as well, which I'm delighted you guys are doing. But again, I see many others doing it. The bit that's a little bit different and I'd love to drill into is that that piece where you're helping your, your clients, those small, medium-sized businesses, actually achieve these things. And I, and I speak from from experience that a lot of smaller organizations, a lot of smaller enterprises, they genuinely want to be able to uh, embark on a, a net zero journey. They don't even know where to start in terms of quantifying what actual carbon footprint they might have, their team members might have, any of these things. So I'd love to delve into that and find out how you go about that. How are you helping your, your clients achieve that? And first of all, how many how many clients are you working with? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely spot on. And, and that's what, uh, uh, to some extent, attracted me to, to Sage. I've been with Sage for a couple of years now. And I always felt, I've always worked for blue chips organizations. And of course, a big company likes ourselves have a big role, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, small, medium businesses contribute to 50% just in the UK of the GDP, employ 50% of the total employment and are responsible for about 44% of our non-household emissions. 
Um, and we got more stats in a report that we did earlier last year. It's called SME Climate Report, uh, uh, Impact Report, if you just want to cross-check that I'm quoting it right. But look, bottom line is that they we need them to achieve net zero. And and you're right. So I actually have the stat. You said that they 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 believe in this, right? When we interviewed them, 83% tell, told us that sustainability is important. But they also told us that they face five big barriers. One is the uh, not enough cash flow to invest. The second one is the, the struggling to navigate the complex government policies and incentives. The third one is around um, having the finding the solutions. As you said, gosh, how do I go about this? What well, you know, what's the answer? And then the fourth is difficulty in measuring. And the fifth is reporting. Now, the last two are the ones where we believe we can really play a role. So measuring and, and helping them in their journey. So we, we went out last year and we looked at what, what's available out there. We, we thought at various options. We explored the, mar the market. And then we, we, we came across Ferrix, which, um, as I said before, is a carbon accounting solution. But what we really, really liked about Sage Earth um, is that it integrates with your accounting software and it enables you to do an automated carbon footprint. And then if you want, you can go in and refine it. So you will answer a bunch of questions, how many ever questions you'd like to, uh, to answer. And that enables you to um, refine and, and uh, improve accuracy. And, and the reason why we like this so much is that we know that SMBs are really stretched full time. If you're a small, medium business, you're likely to be the CFO in the morning, the chief um, people officer in the afternoon, and the person who down unloads the truck uh, in the evening. So asking them to now sit down and complete a very complex uh, spreadsheet and, and try to match them with uh, conversion emissions factor is just not realistic. So we really like the element of automation, the element of simplification, the, the trying to make it cost efficient, simple, automated. And let, let's be clear, it doesn't provide a perfect footprint, but no one does. It provides a footprint that's good enough for an SMB to understand where their emissions come from and take action. It is very early days. So um, we, we need to continue working. We've just acquired uh, Sage Earth. It's a very innovative product in a very immature market. Uh, in a global context uh, where small, medium businesses have just come out from a pandemic into a cost of living crisis and they are really stretched. But we know that they are essential in the journey. And then we also know that education is important for them to start the journey. So the other thing that we've been doing is we've launched a, we call them masterclasses. We've launched basically an awareness and education series of videos, content, articles, uh, as well as a business advice hub where small and medium businesses can uh, talk and understand, learn from experts in the field, but also uh, ask each other questions and be, to, how do I become greener? What are the challenges you face and what are the tips and tricks uh, to use? So 
So we are going at fast speed. Uh, I, I've never worked for a company that has an idea yesterday and the day after you're already busy delivering it and, uh, and it, it's fantastic. So the energy that I think Sage has is, uh, is, is great, but we know that uh, for as much uh, uh, as we are super enthusiastic, there's lots of work to do. And the reality, if I can be very open here is, you know, SMBs welcome these, and but they do find the overall engaging with the climate agenda difficult for all the reasons I said. So it's it's a journey. We also have done something interesting with uh, with NatWest that I'm very happy to talk about because, like the, the other aspect that I haven't mentioned is we know that we are just one piece of the puzzle, and you know we can provide a small medium business a carbon footprint, we can probably provide them some advice, but but then there needs to be an ecosystem around them to help them get there. And that involves pulling others like uh, banks alongside us, uh, getting the policy uh, to work. So so it's, it's a big <laughs> collective effort that we're trying to orchestrate over here. We also partner with Bankers for Net Zero for the very same reason. So lots going on. Uh, early days, but I feel energized by, you know, sometimes you look at the news and it feels daunting. Uh, the, all the all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly depressing uh, out there. And, and, you know, for someone who who does my job and, and fundamentally believes that we, we can and must do better, it's always disappointing to, to, to see when you know, there is a backlash or we go backwards or, uh, you know, we, we you know, there's lots of discussions around whether 1.5 degrees is dead or not. And and part of me uh, feels it's a lot of noise. We know what we've got to do. We know that the science is very clear. We know we've got to take action. We know what we have to do. We just need to get on and do it. And, and of course, it needs to be fair. It needs to be a just transition. Uh, and, and of course, it's it's not easy, but that cannot be the excuse for inaction. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you've sort of moved into this space as well in terms of helping with the the carbon accounting. And you're telling me, um, you know, these things that 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 your clients are struggling with, right? The how do you invest in this thing? Understanding that government policy. Um, all quite challenging, but then also never mind the whole accounting piece and just how do you account for that and how do you how do you measure and report? Um, how straightforward is it then? So if somebody's using Sage Earth, um, let's say it's a you know small enterprise, twenty folks uh, in London, they have an office, they have some remote working. Uh, they have some people in London, some people in Scotland, and scattered throughout. How easy is it to quantify one's carbon footprint? Yeah, so the the key element here is automation. So basically, what it does, it's uh, uh, the Sagers is for from a user perspective. So from that lady or or man who is running their business, they're gonna have one person logging in. It integrates automatically with your accounting software solution. It matches the transactions in your accounting um, system to emission factors, and it spits out in seconds your first estimate environmental impact. 
that's of course a first stab at it. And you know, some might say, oh, okay, good enough. You know, I, I had I went from zero to something. But then what you can also do is that the software guides you to refine your emission estimates by submitting additional data. So it, it will ask you things like, okay, can you find a bill and tell me what's your energy usual? Or can you, do you know your employee commuting part, uh, patterns, for example? So it asks it in a very quiz user-friendly way. So it's not an Excel spreadsheet, it's just, okay, series of questions. And you can, you know, say, okay, I know this one, this, this other one, I don't know, maybe I'll find out later on. And, and that enables you to continuously, you know, improve your carbon footprint, and then at least know what you've got to do to reduce your, your emissions. Because I think many times what happens with, um, uh, in this space, and, and it's funny, it happens in bigger companies as well, yeah, that people go to the thing that is most visible. So I'll give you a, a, a random example, right? Uh, a bank that suddenly goes and say, we need to eliminate all the, the, the plastic coffee cups uh, from our kitchen. And you go like, yep, that, that's great. You should definitely do that. But that's certainly not, as a bank, your most material impact. Now, the impact that you're going to have by removing the coffee cup or we need to have a greener building. Yeah, great, you're a bank, but your building can be greener. But the difference that you can make is how you shift and allocate capital. And now that, that shifts the world, right? Now, don't get me wrong, yeah, because when I say this, I don't mean that the coffee cups are not important. They're important because they are visible, and especially from a colleague's perspective, an employee's perspective, and especially in the context of a small, medium business, that is a, um, it's a symbol of change. And, and that's important. But what you want is that you don't get distracted by these things. You do them, but then you focus on where are your highest emissions, right? And then you go there and tackle the biggies. Question for you, now that you're active in this space and getting some visibility into this space and helping your clients on that journey, uh, both with the accounting and also the reporting, but I'm wondering, are there any discernible trends that you're seeing that could be useful knowledge for small businesses, medium businesses, uh, irrespective of, that, of their specific carbon footprint, but are there things that you're seeing in the market that would be useful to highlight? So various things, uh, uh, some surprising, some not. So the first uh, big macro trend is the increase in regulation that small, medium businesses feel in two ways. One is the direct weight. So things like the CSRD, uh, the European new directive on uh, uh, corporate uh, reporting will uh, have a number of small medium businesses in scope. So reporting is starting to be something that is also uh, includes also small medium businesses. But the thing that they're feeling today is the trickle down effect of those regulations, which means that when a small medium business goes and pitch for a uh, for a job for a big company, they often have to are asked, uh, what are your emissions? 
Are you reducing your emission? Because if you think about it, right, small, medium businesses are my supply chain, right? They are, they are a vast majority of big businesses' supply chains. So then what happens? I, as a big business, need to achieve net zero. And therefore, most businesses' emissions are in supply chain and scope three. So I'll put a burden on the supply chain, which includes small, medium businesses. So that's also important. We're careful in doing that because we don't want this to become a reason to exclude small, medium businesses. And then there's middle, there's small, medium business. In addition to all the things they've got to do, they also have to produce this information. So big first macro trend is trickle down effect from existing regulations on uh, ESG disclosures. Now, I am pro regulations and pro disclosures. Uh, and it, it couldn't be otherwise, right? But I think that they need to be clear, consistent, uh, standardized, and they need to be proportional for the small, medium business. And actually, um, we're doing quite uh, some work on this. And in COP28, uh, just a month from now, we're going to be launching a report with a number of uh, friends and partners, ICC, PwC, stand, uh, Strand Partners, to provide an overview of the reporting landscape as well as what we think are um, the recommended principle and guidelines for what small medium businesses should be reporting on that are it's proportionate and will unlock opportunities without creating a burden. Um, so that's that's one big macro trend that that we are seeing. Um, and and I, I don't know if that's surprising or not, but I think it's quite it was we've done quite that's a lot great. of research. <laughs> In that, and then the other the other things that we are observing, but I think we've mentioned them, is that is the the fact that small medium businesses really want to engage on this agenda. They are reporting to feel huge pressures from customers um, and uh, their you know suppliers as well as uh, uh, from uh, contracts that they want to secure. So they're feeling the pressure. Um, and they don't necessarily know what the solutions are. And uh, we are actually talking also a lot with governments and policymakers to uh, create, uh, to simplify the, the, the landscape and, and incentivize small medium business to join in because we do believe it makes them more resilient as well because, uh, you know, if, if, if you flip it for a second, right, and, and we're doing this as an exercise as part of our broader climate risk strategy uh, think about it right well lots of our small medium businesses are in our supply chains but also in our communities i don't know where you get the coffee in the morning but i, I walk out and i mean the, the guys who send the coffee downstairs from me they're lifesavers and they have a wonderful uh, small independent coffee that they are the heart of our communities right and they are also the ones that are going to be most exposed to extreme weather events because they are, and we've seen it, right, with the cost of living crisis, with everything that's happened this year, they, they are not a big corporate that has three backed up. And uh, so, so we, we have, for the sake of our own supply chain and for the sake of our communities and of our economy, we need to make them resilient. And so this agenda is not just nice to have. It's not a principle, right? It's not just, it's not an idea. It's not a principle. It's not a position. It's an economically vital thing to do. And I don't think this has 
this has really landed in many. It's still very opinion driven. And I often say that this, this is not, it's not an opinion, it's about the facts, the data is the, the fact that it does make you more resilient and that we, you know, the science is clear and we will see disruptions like we've never seen before. We're already starting experiencing it. The, ev the, the, the evidence is out there. And I think we've got the duty, especially as big corporates, to step up and, and do the right thing and take everyone along with us. And I think the good thing is, despite the headlines, despite the, uh, the weather patterns that we're seeing, but there is an increased awareness. And so it's great that um, uh, those who are interested in being able to quantify their carbon footprint and maybe don't know where to start, at least now they can have a, a little bit more of a, of a lead uh, to, uh, to explore further. Question for you, how, how did you get into all of this? What's your background? Uh, long story or short version, how long we uh, have? <laughs> let, let's go with the, something in the middle. In the middle. Um, so like, uh, I grew up in a humble family. Uh, first to go to uni, uh, had to, you know, uh, switch off the heating because uh, we had to save money. So I, I grew up thinking I was poor. Uh, then I was lucky and won a scholarship and ended up living for a year in uh, Ecuador. And then I came across uh, a, a young boy called Jorge, who was cleaning shoes to help feed his sisters, never went to school, and often skipped meals. And I, that, that day I felt two things. Uh, I, felt, I felt slightly ashamed for having thought that I was poor and, and the kind, the, the, the penny dropped that I had won the lottery just for being born in a developed country. You're from Italy. Yes, I'm from Italy. Yeah. And the second thing that, uh, that <laughs> dropped for me was, oh gosh, I won the lottery, I've got to do something with it. I've got the responsibility here to change it. So I went on, tried different things, tried diplomacy, uh, wonderful, you know, talks, uh, and then we do need diplomats today more than ever, but not really, I, I couldn't see the action. I wanted to be in the action. I wanted to see results. And it hit me that big companies shift a lot of capital, have a lot of power. They run the economy. So I thought, well, if I manage to, to change them, if I manage to turn those in, in forces for good, if they do the right thing, maybe I can make a difference. Maybe I can start fixing this maybe you know i can one day look jorge in in the eyes and, and feel slightly less ashamed so, so yeah that's that's how i uh then that's why i'm so passionate about this job that's why i you know i decided to then dedicate uh, my career to sustainability and and foundations and it, it's a tough gig it's a super tough gig but very rewarding right very rewarding from a purpose perspective. Yes, um, it's. Um, I think it's a field that's um, not yet usually understood, not very developed. Um, companies themselves struggle with with us. The, we are a bit of activists in a suit, um, and so we are sometimes hard to digest. But I think that, that we've come a very long way as a practice since I started my career. And, uh, you know, I started my, my uh, career in the basement next to the, the IT guys and, and the bins, actually. My, my, my office was next to the bins. But 
now you know many many years later but uh not not too many if you look at the, how you know the history um we do you know i i i am presenting at the board i'm talking to the board and the executive team regularly uh we you know we're integrating within the strategy i'm second line to the ceo uh, i have you know the resources i need and uh, the, the the team i need to deliver so i think we've come a long way but it is a tough gig and it takes a lot of resilience because you know we deal with things that businesses are not used to deal with climate change doesn't follow us three a quarterly cycle uh, doesn't follow the logics of, uh, uh, you know, quarterly results. Uh, and we, I'm just now going to have to do a strategy for what we're going to do in 15 years. So it's it's not an easy gig, but extremely rewarding. And uh, I feel extremely lucky to do a job that makes me feel I can make a difference and that um, has a very strong purpose at its core. Mm. And I love the energy. I have to say, I love the energy. Before we wrap up, what's that key takeaway you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? Very simple. Let's take small, medium businesses with, with us in the race to net zero. Love it. Excellent. Look, so wonderful having you on the show today, Elisa. Wishing you continued success uh, in driving things forward on the sustainability agenda. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation. So thanks very much. Thank you very much for having me. Perfect. And that's a wrap. Thanks very much for tuning in. As always, you've been listening to a great chat with Elisa Moscolin of SAGE. She's the Executive Vice President of Sustainability and the SAGE Foundation. For information about this conversation and more than 200 other interviews and case studies with remarkable leaders in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship, just visit our website at Ligi.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already. And do leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Thoroughly enjoy producing today's episode for you, and I'll catch you this coming Monday. <laughs>